This is a Handshake Agency podcast. Welcome to That Sucks, presented by Handshake Agency. My name is Troy Nababan. I'm Dan Cribb. And it is nice to be with you once again. We're coming in hot. We're coming in hot. Is it hot today? No, it is not. But you know what is shit hot? What? Today's topic. That's a that's a straight up segue. That wasn't even a segue, really. Just an intro to the episode without we, fucking around. It's shit hot. We spoke last week about onset accidents. Mm-hmm. Last fortnight. I remember. This week. I was there. You know what we're talking about? Nope. Well... No, no, it's fine. You just do the episode and I'll just... Uh-huh. Crazy shit happening on stage. Oh, that's pretty Do your cool. favorite musicians, some musicians you might not like, some musicians who need help, got you know, help. You know what? That sounds like a heck of an episode. But Absolute what's the, corker. Is it? Yeah, it's a good one. What's the most crazy-est thing that's ever happened to you on stage? Happened to me on stage? Oh, um, let me think about it. Like, I've never got into any fights. No, um, which we'll touch on. Yeah, we'll touch on that. What's the dumbest thing you've done on stage? This is pretty tame compared to what we're going to be talking about, but there was this venue in Perth I played at with my old band, and they must have had very, very, very strict noise restrictions, because yep. when we started playing, the sound guy was like, guys, you're going to have to be quieter than that. And our drummer got to the point where he he was barely touching his kit, and the the venue was like, look, guys... I hate to do this, but we're going to have to put a backing track on and you can just sing over it. What? And you can pretend to play. And I was like, first of all, there's like three people here. Why wouldn't you just fucking cancel the gig? <laughs> Second of all, like, what are you talking Wait, about? What venue was I'll blip it out? I've forgotten what it was. Oh. It was like in East Vic Park and it was around for a while and it's gone. I wonder why it's gone. It was so funny. It was like... I did a, I had a gig like that years ago. In It was in Kalgoorlie and um, I went to see some friends of mine play. And I, they'd played one night out of three and I got there on the second night and they came up and they're like, oh, you know, this venue just keeps telling us we're playing like too loud. So we've had to like table the cymbals and everything's like really quiet. It's like, oh, okay, no worries. Um, what level is it? And they, they played the first set and I was like, oh, it's like really quiet. And um, the, the bouncer came over and was like, you boys need to turn it down. It's too loud. And I was like, oh, well, how loud is it? And he's like, it's 140 dB in here. I'm like, man, I do sound... There's no way a hun- that's 140 dB. He was dB. just guessing. He didn't that's- know anything about music. No, he had his phone. And he brought his phone up and he's like, yeah, it says 140 dB. I don't know if you know anything about this, but like, if you get past like 120 dB, that's like permanent deafness. <laughs> like, <laughs> Really? So, yeah, it's like, it's like, there's no possible way. It was like, and I, and sure enough, like, I, this is like 2011 and I downloaded a, a, a SPL meter <laughs> on my phone and it was like 75 dB, which is... Honestly, not that much loud. Okay, the room that we're in at the moment is probably ambient noise of like 65 Oh, really? DB. So, us talking, how many dBs would that be? Like, probably 70, 80. It's so, probably, the band was as loud as we are right now? The band was probably a little bit louder, more like 85 or something, but a standard gig like a, a Wait, decent- so what happens if you went to a room and it was, how much did he say? 140. What happens if you if you walk into a room and something's going 140, what happens? Uh, you'd probably never hear anything again but if like, you were in there for too long. How long's too long? Oh, like- of even at that volume, I'd, I'm not. Maybe that's why the security guard was yelling. You could, yeah. <laughs> but you could blow your eardrums out, man. You could be like permanent, like permanent deafness. Even like I don't know if you, if it was loud enough, um, a few seconds, you'd oh, probably shit. go. Permanent you know deaf. what? Okay, I really wish that we'd. Uh, I'd looked into this for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's, deafness. I should probably know this as well as a sound person, but like, um, it was that was pretty funny. That's probably related to, but not exactly what we're talking about today. No, well. Just, just wait. Wait till you hear these stories. I'm waiting right now. Are you? Yeah. You tell me. Uh, you know the band No Effects? 
Uh, I've heard of them, yes. Punk rockers from yep. America. What's your What's your knowledge of them? Uh, Fat Mike. Fat Mike is their vocalist. That's and all I know. A couple of things I'm going to talk about. When I hear that, I think of someone that's like Angry Anderson, but it's probably not what he looks like. Uh, <laughs> so uh, in 20, we're starting local. We're starting local. In, in right. 20, 2014, NoFX played a show in Sydney and it made headlines across the globe. Shit. I'm not lying. You, all right. I'm going to do the old sneaky, sneaky, send you a video. You watch it. Describe what you're seeing situation. Oh, you're sending this to me. You won't need the audio for this, so... Uh, <laughs> Oh, he just backhanded him. Yeah, so his fan jumps on stage. They're going to do some stage diving, but this fan, like, he's on stage a little bit too long, puts his arm around him. And so around he just, Fat like, Mike. Yeah. yeah, around Fat Mike. Fat Mike turns around, like, just, I guess, backhands him in the face. And then as he drops to the ground, knees him in the face. No, he kicks him in the face. Kicks him in the face. And Fat Mike oh. wears big boots. That is. Brutal. It's brutal. So it made headlines across the globe. So apparently during that show that was in, in Sydney mm-hmm. uh, in 2014, uh, Fat Mike had been complaining of like a sore neck and he was telling people like, hey, stop throwing stuff because for whatever reason, people throw things at no effects all the time when they play. <laughs> and so this fan, his name's Alex, he got up on stage and went to go like sing along because the, the band were playing um, Linoleum, their biggest, mm-hmm. their biggest hit or one of the biggest songs. So the fan got up to put his arm around Fat Mike and I think he touched his neck in a weird way, which hurt him. Oh, yeah. So Fat Mike's like thrown it, like kind of pushed him, yeah, pushed him back, kind of yep. whacked him. And as he's, as he's hit the ground, he's just kicked him in the face. Yep. And it bl- just blew up. It's pretty intense to watch. Mm. But afterwards, I guess Fat Mike was forced to make a statement given it yep. blew up. But he invited, they played a second show the following night and they invited that kid backstage and gave him, they gave him a shirt, uh, like a like a one of one, no effect shirt with um, the still of Fat Mike kicking him in the face on it. <laughs> That's pretty cool. And then it got, got him like, you know, he got to hang out with him and that kind of thing. So I think in this kind of situation, I mean, like, there's no excuse for fucking doing what Fat Mike did, but mm. you can kind of laugh at it now because this fan Alex, I think he also was like, look, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. And yeah. How old was the kid? Oh, he looks like he's 20 or early yeah. 20s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, and I totally forgot until we were, I was doing research for this. So in that video you just watched, mm-hmm. my friend uh, Kai Smith, who plays on the Simpsons tribute, the, the medley oh, we yeah. did, back then he used to play in a band called Local Resident Failure. Mm-hmm. And he was sort of well known as that as that that drummer guy from YouTube who'd do, he'd, he'd play like a, a band's entire back catalogue mm-hmm. in like five minutes, like two or three seconds from every song. And he kind of, he went viral from that. So bands like NoFX knew who he was. Mm-hmm. So his band, Local Resident Failure, supported them that night. Yeah, right. And Kai's like, he was telling me this story. He's like, I don't know if I contributed to that incident or not. Because <laughs> that night, their drummer, Smelly, was like, signaled Kai to come over and play on a song. It was that song when the kid gets kicked in the oh, face. Right. So Kai gets up and he's sitting there and he's waiting for them to start. And then he sees people backstage frantically, like telling him, like, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" He realizes because they all use in ears. So if you, if uh, for those listening, if you wear in ears, it's like you're mm-hmm. wearing he- like um like earphones. Yeah. And that's where all the music comes through. So he's he's sitting behind the drums. He can't hear anything and doesn't realize that they've already <laughs> started the song. So he starts late and out of time. And I think because of that, Fat Mike was a bit disgruntled already. And yeah, he was just right, like, okay. "Oh shit." Yeah, that's um that's kind of unfortunate. I've had issues like that too when. I've been playing with ears on and I've wanted my friends to come up and we don't have fold back on stage. So it's, um, yeah, you, can't hear, you get you up can't on stage and you can't hear anything outside yeah. of like the guitar. But if you're on the drums, the guitars are in front of you. Yeah. So but you- even like we, we play without any state, like stage sound as well. 
Because, like, I, I play direct into the PA with no amp. Yeah. So, so you, you can't hit anything yeah, apart from yeah, drums. Yeah. It's, like, pretty funny. Yeah. So, but, he was like, oh, hopefully I didn't contribute to that. Mm. Which I just, like, yeah. Obviously, like, I don't think he did in any way. But what do you think of when I say one fucking minute? Mm, nothing. Should I? Don't you? No. One is, fucking minute. What is that? Billy Joe Armstrong? Don't know it. Are you kidding me? I actually don't know what that is. I know who he is, but I don't oh, know. Oh, wow. What... Okay. Well, this would be great then because you can watch the video for the first time ever. Yeah. We'll, 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 get, we'll oh, get to that in oh, a minute. Oh, yeah. You know what? I do know oh, what you're talking about now. Sorry. 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 Max. Jesus. Sorry. Give the people what they want. Go on. Send, send me the- So, anyway, this is- set, No, no, no. I'm getting, I'm getting to that video in a minute. Podcast I host react. You, I want you to, to watch this um, and describe what you're saying. This, this isn't the one fucking minute thing. This is something a little different. This is a Green Day concert. <laughs> 1997. Oh, he's get. He wants someone to come up and fight him. Billy Joe. Oh shit! He's done a full double stomp into the audience. This is uh, 1997 in uh, I want to say California somewhere, mm-hmm. and they finished playing the song. I guess someone in the audience has been been rowdy, and Billy Joe's noticed them. Mm-hmm. So afterwards, he's like, come up here and I'll fucking fight you. So, well, okay, well, what the fuck is that going to solve? Mm-hmm. And then he's just pointing this guy out, come here, come here, come here. And then what you saw, he just runs off the stage. It looks like somebody cannonballing into a pool, right? Yeah. And then just he just disappears into the crowd and the security follow him in pretty quickly. It's, it's, it was 97, so the footage is pretty sketchy, but- yep. Surprisingly good, given it was that many yeah. years ago. There's plenty of ex- other examples of musicians like jumping in the crowd to stop fights. And like, what's your vibe on when they do that sort of thing? Uh, f- intentionally fighting an audience member is a bit uh, necessary, possibly. You said necessary or unnecessary? Unnecessary, I said. Um, but I'd look from a performance perspective. I always want the show to be running, and and so it gives me a set of a feeling of anxiety when I'm like. Well, there's no music. These people are here to hit, listen to music, and now there's no music. When there's like an altercation or something stopping it. Yeah, and that's what I I'm think- saying about like fights breaking out when I've played gigs. When you, you go like, I don't know if it's better for me. It happened on New Year's when, uh, like, whenever that was a couple months ago, um, a fight broke New out. New Year's was December 31st. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Yeah, a fight broke out right in the front of the stage, and I remember thinking like, are we supposed to stop this? Because it was packed. Because again, New Year's, like, we were fine. We could have like, stop plenty of people. Stop and point it out. Not even point it out, but like stop because it oh, is the music we're playing making it worse. And should we stop so that people know that there's attention and then like the crowd can disperse and security can come in and, and get rid of people? Or do we keep playing so that it calms the rest of the audience down so it doesn't escalate the situation? You know what I mean? Like either are possible. Uh, yeah. If it got to a really intense situation, you'd probably want to stop and be like, bring the security over. And I think in the, those kind of situations, I don't know, like by Billy Joe would jump in the audience like that. Hey, like- He's taking it upon himself to be a bit of a hero when you could just tell security, like, hey, can you please remove this guy? He's like, causing much pro- shit. He's, he's causing problems with, like, you come up here and fight me on the stage. It's like, well, okay, well, he wasn't specifically having a go at you, Billy. It, like, I think when you're in that situation, when you're so pumped up, then yeah, that, that's so when you the take mu- it per- maybe it's so when the yeah. shit. It's so much shit. Maybe he's taking it personally because it's like, these are our fans. We're trying to have a good, like, a <clears throat> create a nice environment. No, man, it's like, I'm on stage. And everybody here loves me, which they do, they, and they did. Um, I can do anything. I'm a superhero. So everybody stop and watch me like fuck this guy up because I'm like so pumped up. That's what it is. That's what it is. It's very me. 90s, right? It's a very 90s attitude, I think. It's, it's just like a, an adrenaline sort of thing. I don't think it's about the 90s. It's not an extreme with an X 
90s thing. It's just something that happens to be. It still happens. I've seen it happen before. But he, um, so yeah, Billy Joe has got, uh, you know, he's made headlines a couple of times over the years. Mm-hmm. Specifically, what I was referring to before was the one fucking minute thing. Yep. Like, I can't believe you. So you just forgot about it. I forgot about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that was kind of like when, when, when you watch that, it's, that's an interesting situation where like, you watch that and you're like, it's the iHeartRadio Music Festival. Uh, that, so for those who haven't seen it, look it up. But at the uh, towards the end of their biggest hit, I think it's Basket Case they're playing, he stops and he's just like, one fucking minute. He starts going, fuck this, I want to play a new song. And then he starts pointing at the screen near the sound desk. It's got one minute on it, like you've got one minute left because they were finishing Basket Case. And he goes off like, fuck you, I've been in this fucking industry since the 80s and all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. I'm not Justin Bieber, blah, 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 blah. And you're watching it going like, the iHeart, like, I don't think iHeartRadio would fuck it up like that. Like, I think something else is going on here. And obviously it was like, they had to go into rehab and stuff after that. Mm-hmm. But that was a that was just a weird thing where you're watching somebody break down and you're like, this isn't really that funny. It's just no, kind of like, Ugh. I feel sorry for the guys on stage as well. Cause well, the do? thing is though, like... So Mike Dirt, the bass player, in a statement after he was like, I, he's like, I agreed with a lot of what Billy was saying, but I, I was also like, oh my god, he's unraveling and this mm-hmm. isn't good, cool. But as soon as um, Billy Joe starts smashing his guitar with his like remaining seconds on stage, you can see in the corner corner of the screen, Mike Dirt takes his bass off and starts smashing it as well, <laughs> <laughs> just following the leader. But yeah, that was a, that was there was like a lot of things that kind of contributed to that, where like. So obviously there was substance abuse involved, mm-hmm. but this is this is really weird, hey. And I guess it kind of it's like pretty complicated. But after they released that album, Twenty First Century Breakdown, two thousand nine, they mm-hmm. didn't stop touring. Around this incident, they were about to put out three more albums in a in a row, All in, right. in two of that. And then this is like super interesting. So that that same year as his breakdown, he was named as forty second uh, richest singer in rock by Celebrity Net Worth. Oh wow, okay. Um, and all that was happening around the the Occupy movement. Mm-hmm. So um, he told Rolling Stone like later, he's like, I, I feel like a 99 because he grew up relatively poor and, yep. you know, but I'm technically a one, like 1%. I know that's where I come from, the 99, even though I can afford for my kids to go to a good college. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like this combination of like overworked, substance abuse. Identity and crisis. Identity crisis. Yeah. So like anyone could watch that. It's one of the things you watch at a show and you're like, oh, look at this. Oh, it's so exciting. Or like, oh, wow. But like, there's so much going on behind the scenes, which I guess a lot of these things we'll talk about. There's specifically the puddle of mud thing. Oh yeah, the incidences we'll talk about. You look at it and you're like, "That's weird," and then you look at the guy's background and you're like, "Oh shit." Um, uh, yeah, I, those are two very different people, I think. Billy Joe and, and oh yeah, but Wes. the sentiment of like, you watch someone on stage breaking down, no matter what or what they're doing, and there's there's like it just goes, it goes a lot. Most of the time, it goes a lot deeper than what you're seeing, right? I think like Billy's breakdown doesn't feel like it comes from a place of i've always got my own way um yeah true and i'm having an actual tantrum like wait does or doesn't doesn't yeah, yeah, yeah like oh right. uh, yes yeah, he's having a tantrum but it's not like a spoiled child it's tantrum. kind of like the sentiment of the of his outburst but it doesn't come across yeah i know what you mean yeah whereas like do you want to talk about puddle of mud now or do you want to talk about that afterwards um well, how about we take a break and then we'll come back and talk about puddle of mud so let's take a break you know what sucks what the NRL. That's a hot take. That's not the only take. And you know what doesn't suck? Tell me. The take with Willie Mason on the Handshake Agency Network. That's right. Ex-NRL and Australian international player Willie Mason discusses all things rugby league. You don't have to be a fan of the sport to get sucked into the podcast. 
But don't just take our word for it. Head over to thepodcasts.com.au now and listen for yourself. And we're back. And we are back. I said that. We are back. Like puddle of mud. Yep. Did they ever come back? No, not really. Um, the the puddle dried up. Yeah. <laughs> hardened. The puddle hardened. What? Have we talked about puddle of mud before? We do, uh, the the that sucks episode where we talked about terrible covers. We talked That's about right, their yeah. Nirvana. Uh, go <laughs> yeah. listen to that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say again. I thought puddle of mud was sick in like 2000 oh, everyone did they had that one song that's all i knew she fucking hates they had a couple to be fair they had she fucking hates me which is fine and they had that song blurry which i thought was really cool and that's pretty much did it. you know that fred durst signed him yeah yeah and then he got so sick uh so the singer of puddle of mud um west scantlin yeah west scantlin he got, he got he got so sick of people asking him in interviews he just started like ragging on fred durst mm. Being like he doesn't fucking care about us and yeah the um so how's that I think I sent you this article yeah you sent me that the, article. the headline from Billboard how is this puddle of mud singer ends show after accusing audience member of stealing his house laughing <laughs> at him what the fuck headline is that right yeah I don't know what the fuck for 2016 about. as well like so that was a, a show at in Ohio. They're talking about yeah. and like so you you've watched the video right? I think I did watch that one. Yeah, he just sits. The band's kind of all on stage, and he's just um, Wes is just sitting there staring at someone for like a minute, not saying anything. <laughs> kind of like just staring as bizarre, and then he just starts saying like, "You stole my house, um, you stole my house, fucking, and you come here." And he's just going off about this guy for stealing his house, and everyone's <laughs> like, "What?" And then he ends the show early after telling this guy like stole his house and everyone's like, whoa, wait, what's going on there? Yep. The background behind that apparently, according to Kerrang, was he was picked up by the cops uh, around the same time for trying to break into a house that a lot of places reported that like, he foreclosed on, like he lost in a foreclosure, right. but he insists was stolen from him. For West Scantlin, this is like the tip of the iceberg. Like some of that stuff I sent you, like that one article. Um, what is the 25... 25- Something things. Yeah, I think that that was, that was the Kerrang article. Like he got arrested uh, once for riding a um a baggage carousel at an airport in Denver, yep. um, and then there's a lot of a lot of it's to do with like against substance abuse. Um, you know what? Like a lot of stuff in that article was, it was like kind of dumb stuff. But I think you could apply so many of those to other people. He's like a pretty easy punching bag, and I'm not. I don't want to defend the guy. Oh, no, it was by uh, loudersound.com. Loudersound. Yeah. So he's there's do, stuff. He's done a lot of shit, like he, a lot of bad, like yeah, in, inexcusable stuff. But there's also stuff on that list that's like, uh, you know, tax things and blah blah blah. I'm like, yeah, I, I bet so many of these people have done similar. Even writing the baggage carousel, like, that's really dumb. But it also sounds like something i would do <laughs> well, yeah actually it's like that sounds like a bunch of pop punk shit that probably kids would have done in their like when they're 20 yeah. he was just doing it when he was like 40 or like 35 or something and that's kind of embarrassing yeah there's i guess i, I kind of get a similar vibe from scott russo from unwritten law oh yeah he's just real kind of like i'm better than everyone else um what was his deal again He's just, there's just like, there's, there's numerous incidents where actually I'll, so I'll, I'll talk about this one specifically. Um, so 24 day and they toured as part of the hits and pits, um, mini festival and mm-hmm. they played capital in Perth and they were performing last. So yep. I was watching them 
like backstage and well actually a bit of context the tour featured headliners strung out Mm -hmm. but this this was the last show of the tour strung out refused to play last because unwritten law would start late finish late and ultimately strung out set would get cut short every night through no fault of their own because of venue curfews so that night um unwritten law playing last about 40 minutes into the show, it hit midnight. So I think they were meant to play for about 40 minutes anyway. It hit yeah. midnight and that capital have a strict curfew. Mm-hmm. The venue had already kind of gone out of their way to, to get um, an extension to open earlier for the mini festival. All um, right. So after those 40 minutes, like the band, uh, you know, the band were told to finish and Scott just starts pleading for two more songs and like the crew and everyone else like, no, we can't. Mm-hmm. We can lose our license, get fined. And Scott just signals the drummer to start playing another song. So they, they they start playing and the venue just pulls the power on them. And so they finish yeah. the song, just drums and Scott singing with the audience. And after the song, here, watch this. I'll send you the, another video to watch. So after they finish the song, this is what happens. Oh shit, just throwing the drum kit? Yeah, throwing the drum kit around. Oh yeah, kicking the drum kit around, smashing cymbals. Okay, so the drum set itself was backline. Oh, great, which yeah. It's a pretty shit thing to do for multiple reasons. <laughs> Shout out lounge backline. <laughs> but the cymbals belonged to one of the bands on the tour. Oh, right, okay. A band called The Casualties from America. So yeah. they'd be, he'd been nice enough to lend his cymbals and then Unwritten Law just start smashing them on the stage, yep. throwing them around. Try, that is a tantrum, right? We, we, oh, didn't, yeah. we didn't get our way. Fuck you. And I, it's just like, yeah, like, well, what's your vibe on that? That's just... Yeah, it's dumb. Like, you, you you look and sound like a fucking dickhead if you're going to do that sort of stuff. Symbols are expensive. For those of you that don't play, I bought a set of symbols last week, actually, and it was like, I got a good deal. It was like a, a $2,200 set of symbols for a basic set of symbols. You know that they're that expensive? Well, yeah, and a, yeah, because the drummer always cracks his and he's like, oh, God. Yeah, it's so expensive to get a good set of symbols. And they and they can get, if you throw them and they get dented, they, they sound different, right? Like, Well, yeah, and, and, and so, if they get cracked and then, like, yeah. it's it's a lot of money. Um, so that, if you're a touring musician like the guy from The Casualties, you're going to be spending more money on them because you want it to sound good if you're playing every night. Yeah, so. and most drummers don't let other drummers play their cymbals. Like, that's um, uh, another thing. Usually, like snare drums, toms, kicks, whatever. Like you can share a drum kit, no problem. But if you're an especially heavy-handed, heavy-hitting drummer, crack. you can crack cymbals just by hitting it too hard yeah. or hitting it the wrong way, um, and then it's fucked. Like that's a that's a lot of money. You know, again, I was looking into it. Like a, a crash cymbal can be like a thousand dollars one cymbal. Do you know? Do you know what I hate about that situation with Unwritten Law is the audience there. That's that's a packed-out crowd. The audience sees Unwritten Law being like, please just give us a couple more songs. Yep. The, and they start playing. The venue cuts the power. So all of a sudden, the audience is like, oh, fuck the venue. Yep. And then they go, oh, this is so great. Look, they're trashing the stage, rock stars. It's like, no, 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 no. No, the venue had to do that. Yep. And that's just being like childish by throwing that shit around. But people were like, people think Unwritten Law are the coolest thing ever because of that. Like, oh, rock stars. Yes. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's on. like. Have you ever been on tour where, with anyone that's ever trashed a hotel room because it's like cool and rock and roll? Never. I if I was in a ro- hotel room and someone started trashing it, I would. I think I'd have like a panic attack. Yeah, you'd probably want to go to another room. It's really childish, but people still do it, even in twenty or maybe not twenty twenty one. But but is this people? I okay. I don't get it. But if there's like a millionaire touring act and they fucking throw a TV into the pool or yep. and it's like ha ha ha, it's like okay, yeah, well they have like tens of thousands of dollars to just write that off. It's, yeah. st- it's still shit for the hotel stuff. Don't get me wrong, but like, I don't understand how like a lower band could do that. And then, well, yeah, it's on the one hand, it's rock and roll in a way that's like 
we're expected to do this and we need to do this because this is what all of our heroes have done since the beginning of time. So there's kind of like, there's that aspect to it. It doesn't like mean it's the right thing to do, but it's you know, wasteful. Just fucking like, maybe don't cause $10,000 worth of damage and don't have yeah, money to charity instead. Yeah. Well, that's it though. That's, um, that comes in relation to people having tantrums and just getting their own way all the time. Yeah. And particularly if you're at a gig where, let's say you're playing to like a thousand people that like screaming fans mm. that have come to see your music, like you get, so much ego attached to that. Well, actually, you're right. And because as they smashed the drums, as I don't know if the, uh, the That Sucks audience heard, but the audience at that show gets so excited and cheering that. So they're getting like approval for doing that. Yep. So people aren't, you know, people going, oh, whoa, whoa. They might not do it, but everyone's like, yeah. Yeah, there's something like really primal and uh, like attractive about that. Even though it's like my, uh, my partner's mum hates watching action movies because there's so much destruction. <laughs> and she's like, oh, look at all that damage. It's like, it's a movie. But, <laughs> but like, that's that's her mindset. Whereas like, we watch a movie and we're like, oh yeah, look at all these buildings explode and uh, Bruce like, Willis oh is cool. God. and God. Yeah. But then, then to see that in person, because you're not like, you're so, it's so confronting, you never see it. It's kind of like, whoa, this is actually fucking cool. You kind of have to separate your brain, I suppose, in, in those ways. Like uh, it's, and, and think of it like, oh wow, this is, someone's going to clean this up. <laughs> someone's got to replace these symbols and pick up these drums. Pay and, for the backline damage. Yeah. You know, um, the venue might, the stage might have been damaged by having a heavy, yeah. m- you know, metal frame thrown at it. And- but, you know, if the band is big enough, um, they're probably not, like, writing their own checks. They're the, they've got accounts people doing that for them. So, like, they never even see the damage, you know? Yeah. It, it's just, you know, part of the gig. All right, let's talk about people throwing stuff at bands. All right, I love it. There is countless... Okay, I think there is never... It's never funny when somebody throws some something at a band. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's so many, I think most big bands would have experienced it. There's some big examples of it going terribly wrong. This is the one exception to the rule where I, every time I read this headline and see this video, I piss myself laughing mm-hmm. because like, no one's going to get hurt. It is, it is a bit wasteful, but you, you know what I'm about to talk about, right? Uh, you sent me the video, right? Yeah. So yeah. the USA Today headline, hey now, Smash Mouth singer flips as fans throw bread. <laughs> Uh, bread of all oh things. Oh God! So do you, yeah, you've you've seen it, right? I watched it, yeah. But like, you want to explain it? Okay. Well, so they were playing a show in Fort Collins. Mm-hmm. Um, this was back in 2015, and towards the end of the show, I guess so. Loaves of bread were being given away for free. Yeah, it was like some at the festival. I guess yeah, it was like taste a taste of Fort Collins. It was yeah. like one of the like a, a vendor there. The, all the fans had this bread, and they started throwing it around. And the singer of Smash Mouth. Uh, Steve Harwell, he just started getting fucking hell angry. Like, stop throwing that bread. <laughs> they're about to play All Star. Oh, I guess because it was probably the end of the concert. They were giving out free bread and it was everywhere. And they're throwing it and people start throwing the bread at him as he's saying, stop that. <laughs> and it just gets him more and more egged on. And in, in the vision, um, his band are playing the start of um, All Star. Like, dum, yeah, dum, you can dum, hear dum, the, dum, like the underneath it. Because, you know, like they're going to start a song soon. And to that soundtrack, he's just like security restraining him and he's like, come here. Ah! <laughs> just like losing his shit and trying to fight with people, like trying to get loose and these kids are throwing bread at him. And then he storms off the stage and the band try to do it without him. That's like- pretty funny, yeah. <laughs> of all things to throw, at least that's not- It's wasteful, but it's not going to hurt anyone, right? Yeah. I mean, it's free bread anyway. It's probably going to go in the bin at the end of the at the end of the festival if no one's eating it so it's not that even that big of a deal someone's got to clean it up that sucks what do you like I, that that to me like he, his his rage was obviously triggered by something else for like no one will get that mad off someone throwing bread around but 
I, I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. Like when bands have shoes or bottles thrown at them, you know, like they might be like halfway through the set and someone's throwing shoes and they're like, stop it. And then someone else throws one. They're like, all right, that's it. We're, we're not doing an encore. Yeah. And it's like, that feels weird because it's like, there's some shithead in the crowd doing that. It's not great, but like you're kind of punishing everyone. It's, it's like it's like when you're in school and a teacher's like someone mucks around, like all right, you're all staying in late. Well, that's true, but also like it's you're in a work environment. Yeah, true. And so if you're if you feel like it's not safe, and man, if you get hit in the head with or in the face with a bottle, or something like breaks oh, yeah, your nose or chips really your tooth or whatever, like that's sort of justified. And if people are getting so egged on that they keep doing it particularly because you tell them not to do it, then unfortunately, that's kind of all you can do. It's just like, look, we're not going to... I guess there's also something to be said for like, there's a lot of people there. Other people can step in and be like, hey, please don't do that. And that's kind of the nice thing about having those festivals is people that do have respect often do step up and deal with the shitheads, Mm. but it doesn't happen every time. So I don't think I've ever experienced anyone throwing anything on stage. um, It happened pretty bad. Pammy's heart. Say what you will about Nickelback, but there was... Did you hear about the incident in Portugal in 20, uh, 2002? Remind me. So, they, they played at a, a festival there, and after the first few songs, like Chad's like, do we have any Nickelback fans here? And there's like, no response. And then he's just like, do you want to hear rock and roll, or, go, or, or do you want to go home? Nothing. And he kind of turns around, and then a rock hits him in the back of the head. <laughs> and he's like, all right, fucking see ya. And then they were like, we're not going back there ever again. Yeah, That's right. like, you know... I'm not a fan of Nickelback, but like, don't fucking throw rocks at people. Yeah, that's bad. And that, that was like, you say 2002? Yeah, yeah. Man, they weren't even uncool in 2002. They were just like around. That implies they were ever cool. That, was, that implies that Look, at one point they were cool. At, well, they they weren't like universally hated in 2002. I still like Nickelback. I'll listen to Nickelback. But I get that people hate it. Look at this photograph. Um, so we've got a couple more things to cover off and then we will wrap it up. So we've kind of started talking about musicians getting hurt. We went from bread to rocks mm-hmm. and now we're going to get into the heavy duty stuff. When you think of musicians getting hurt on stage, does anything come to mind? Like in terms of famous incidents or? I'm trying to think of anyone falling off the stage or getting electrocuted. No, not really off the top of my head, but why? maybe when you say it. Enrique Iglesias? No. So in 2015, he was playing a concert in Tijuana. Mm-hmm. And there was a drone with a camera on it that kind of gave, it was flying and it kind of gives the audience the, like, like his perspective. Mm-hmm. So he reaches up to grab it. Let me show you the video. Okay, so he's got hold of the drone. Oh God, I'm really scared because this thing's flying, which means it's got blades on it. Oh, yep. Just sliced his finger. Yep. Oh, geez. And people are screaming. I think people scream regardless oh. of the drone. I think people just scream whenever he's around. Um, yes, yeah, slices his hand, and then he went backstage, bandaged it up, and he performed for 31 minutes after that. Oh, that's cool. But you'll see like this blood all over his shirt. Yeah, he saw that. He needed like extensive rehab to get did he? the. Um, so what? He, where? What did he slice then? Like in his. Finger? I must have been like nerves or tendons. Or it, was, it was. It was very bad. Somebody, sorry, I saw this on YouTube. <laughs> This is like pretty insensitive, but it was a YouTube commenter said, I know what went wrong. He stuck his finger in the propeller. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, that was, I guess, when drones were sort of just, when was it, 2015? Drones were like the biggest thing, right? In 2015, they were like, oh, drones are coming. He he didn't know to not grab it out of the air. So that was, yeah, that sound. Anyway, let's move on. Have you ever seen Pink Live before? 
No, I haven't. I'd like to, though. It is, like, stunning. Like, the acrobatics attached to our show is mm-hmm. just next level. And when you're white, it's one of those things, like, you know, you go to Cirque du Soleil and, you're like, someone's about to die and you get, like, sweaty watching it. Oh, but- okay, well... Anyone listening knows what I'm talking about. It's gone to Cirque du Soleil. Yep. Um, like she fly she, at Perth Arena. She was flying up to the back of the room and stuff, like up mm. near like the nosebleed section. And um, in 2010, her trapeze harness malfunctioned <gasps> in a show at Germany. Oh, so God. I'll send you this. Another thing to watch. Look, look at what she's doing in the lead up to the incident. Okay, so she's walking to the the harness. Mm-hmm. She's about to go up in the air. Na 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 na. Oh no! She was saying no, 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 no. Yeah, she, so she's like so, looking off. So she's on the stage getting harnessed up. She's looking over like to the crew, doing like crossing her arms. Yeah, like, no, 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 no. And then they just let it go. Yep. And she, you just see like on that video, she just goes smack into the um the fan barrier. Oh, that was she didn't fall too far. Thankfully, I thought she'd be way up in the air when that happened. Oh yeah, it could have been a lot worse. But like the worst part when you watch it again, like you look closely and the signal saying like no, nope, yeah. nope, nope. I would have thought if you're involved with her show, that's a pretty big like. Someone her, got her, fired that her night. Her doing that is like, mm, harness isn't ready or something's wrong with the harness. But yeah, I didn't watch the little bit after that. But I mean, she seemed to take like, oh sorry, was it to, was, oh, to the audience. She apologizes to the audience, yeah. and then you can hear her say like, I said no, or like don't go, or like she tells the security something, or yeah, whoever's come. But like, oh, okay, so one of the videos uh, on YouTube, right, of the one at the, the front of the barrier. This is what the person titled it. Pink accident stage fall. Fell right in front of me. Best angle. <laughs> a couple more things. Beyonce has a bad history of like, trying to, you know, like we talked about the Super Bowl, how her PR was like, hey, please don't use those photos. Oh, yeah, yeah. Similar thing happened in 2012. Mm-hmm. So many musicians fall over. You can Google like almost any big band and fall and you'll see like a, mus- like, a musician falling over. Yep. But in uh, 2012, she tripped down 12 stairs, which oh. was part of like the stage production and like she gets up like she doesn't miss a beat which is nuts and yep. she just smashes the rest of the song at the end she's like eh, please don't put that on youtube <laughs> <laughs> all right before we go let us uh quickly talk about this topic which i do want to do a whole episode on so this can be a little teaser but phones at gigs oh yep what's your vibe i don't love it but mostly because i don't really like not being present when I'm at yeah. a, in a performance and watching, if you're on your phone the whole time, watching. it kind of ru- like ruins it. And also as a as a performer, it's well, I'm kind of used to it now because people are always on their phones for the gigs I do because it's you know depending on the on the gig it is they don't really care or they're filming it. For I, you, there wouldn't someone filming it be a compliment? Like yeah, but you also never know where that's going to end up. Sometimes it's going to end <laughs> up fail, on like fail blog. <laughs> well, yeah, I was more going to say like someone's like Instagram story or like on Snapchat or whatever. And so I always get nervous and then screw it up. Oh, okay. Well, that sounds so, that sounds more like a you problem. That's a me problem. But yeah, I, I don't really love it. I'm I'm all right with the okay uh, when the when the artist first comes out, maybe just enjoy it and break. You know, something special about an artist coming out on stage at first. Maybe 10, 15 minutes in, take a couple of photos and put mm-hmm. your phone away. Like yep. you know, don't don't record whole songs because you're never going to watch that ever again. Yeah, and like that you paid so much money for that ticket, just fucking. 
like yeah. e- e- enjoy the concert. So Adele plays fucking insane shows. That when she came to Perth, it was to sixty five thousand people, which is mm-hmm. like, was, 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 was a record. I think it, it was a record at the time. Yeah, I don't know if it still is, but I played fifty six thousand people there. But whatever. The, th- the thing is, though, like there's videos from that same tour where she sing she singled out one fan, and she's like, "Oi, just like just stop filming and enjoy the actual show," <laughs> which to me is funny. But I also think that speaks to her being like using that person as an example and talking to everybody. Like yep. also, this there's, there's I- irony in watching a video. Of somebody get to- someone else get told off for filming, yeah. Because you're like, the only reason I'm watching this is because somebody filmed it on a phone. <laughs> yeah. So I think like that's perhaps where that's coming from. Like I don't know if you're playing at a, a stadium or an arena with sixty five thousand people, I think it's kind of impossible to expect every single person there is going to put their have not have to be on their phone. You know. Yeah. What does she play with band? No, she or she does. Sorry, she does. But when she's playing, it's just her on the stage, and they're underneath. So, oh, okay, it's just, it's kind of like in the round. So she's mm. just walking around, and that's weird. That's the right way to go about it. Just kind of firmly but politely being like, please don't do that. Mm. Less than I'll, I'll, I'll finish with less than Jake because again, another show I attended, Soundwave twenty fourteen. Mm-hmm. I believe we, we both played we that both year. Played we that both year. played yeah. that year. And so I was standing, I wrote an article for the music, which is still up there about the being backstage at the final of a Perth sound wave. Mm-hmm. So I, I had my phone out and I'm making notes on uh, less than Jake's performance. And then he just starts the singer after like a couple of songs, just starts going off um, at someone in the crowd. Just like, <laughs> fuck you. There's this, there's this girl at the back and she's on her phone. Yep. He's like, fuck you. And you get off your phone. Fucking got the audience to, to chant fuck you at her and I was like oh. holy shit this is so inappropriate and he just told her to fuck off and like as she walked away he's like yeah get out of here and I was like you don't know who that person is what they're going through why they were on their phone mm-hmm. she's at the back of the audience it's a festival like uh, while that was happening I just like put my phone in my pocket very quietly like yep. hmm. but I thought like that's just maybe he was really boring yeah exactly maybe, maybe that's why he got so offended but I think that's just shit yeah I think we should definitely do a whole topic on like phones at gigs, though. Sure, Could talk about Chris Rock banning phones. Yeah, in that bag. was interesting. I, I've got I've got stories about that. I'm sure you do. Uh no, no stories. Uh, yeah. Well, is there any anything else you want to touch on? No, nothing. Absolute, absolutely nothing. I do realize that this is a very, very, very broad topic, and we may have missed uh, something. No, we definitely missed millions of things. So, if you want to let us know what we missed, you ready? We're Go debuting our email address. Shit. Go for it. That sucks at thepodcasts.com.au. Finally. That'll come straight to us. When did we record our very first podcast? Twenty The early nineties? No. That's right. It's been a long time. Uh, Twenty eighteen? I reckon it was twenty nineteen. But I reckon it's probably like April ish. So, we're, so we're approaching an anniversary. Yeah, of some wow. description. We're we're this is episode number forty two, so we're, we're approaching it could be. 50. You've, you've fucked all the episode numbers up. No, they're pretty the much the same. If you haven't listened to That Sucks before, go, go to thepodcasts.com.au. Check them out. Check them out. And if you have, or if you're just listening for the first time, please, 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 rate and review. Do it. Rate and review and subscribe. Uh, yeah, you can find all those details. How to do that, you can find that on thepodcasts.com.au. And that's where a bunch of other great content is, like The Take. Mm-hmm. which you heard about before. We talked about it. a take. I did. And the green room. Mm-hmm. Big Papa Neil is currently, he's got his wisdom teeth out, oh, so wishing Neil. him well. Let's just take a moment of silence for Neil. Uh, anything else you'd like to add? No, check me out on uh, Instagram, Troy Nabobarn. You can find me if you want. It's not, not that hard. I don't.
You've been listening to That Sucks, presented by Handshake Agency. We'll see you next time. Peace. That Sucks is a podcast from the Handshake Agency Network, presented and produced by Dan Cribb and Troy Nebebeck. Recorded and engineered by Troy Nebebeck. Executive producer, Craig Trewick. Theme music by Dan Cribb and Troy Nebebeck.